Hello everybody, this is Rachel Trees from FTS Global and I am honoured today to have our first woman and native New Yorker on Flex in the City. I'm with Stephanie Miller, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Intertrust. Hi Stephanie. Hi Rachel, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. I'm very well. We're so honoured to have you here on the show and we're looking forward to talking to you and finding a little bit more about you. So, so to start with, um, I'd love to hear a little bit more, and I'm sure the listeners would too, a little bit more about your story. How come a native New Yorker ended up in Amsterdam? Rachel, thanks for asking. I'm so happy to be here with you. So a native New Yorker, I am. Um, so I was actually born in Miami, Florida, but at three days old, I ended up in the Bronx, New York. Now, to most of your listeners, that will be a bit scary, but I love the Bronx. The Bronx is about 20 minutes north of Manhattan, and Manhattan, as I grew up, was my playground. Um, how did I get here? I was always curious. Um, my background is basically, if you will, middle class, and throughout my education, I wasn't able to afford to travel. And as soon as I could, when I reached the corporate world, I traveled. So my first job out of school, I took it as an analyst program, which I got to travel. Mm -hmm. Then I worked for a French company and I got to go to Paris and Luxembourg, very exciting. Wow. Um, and then after that, internationally, Tokyo, Antwerp, Dublin, London, and Abu Dhabi, and now Amsterdam. So for so this- you really are a global citizen, Stephanie. For this New Yorker, the, Amsterdam is no big deal. No, I, I love Amsterdam. I'm having, I'm having a ball here, and it's, and it's centrally located. But you're right. Um, for me, this is, this is pretty normal. Fantastic, fantastic. So I, 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 any good interviewer has to do a little bit of research in advance of interviewing somebody. And so I did a little bit of research, Stephanie, um, and asked some people who have reported to you in the past about your leadership style. Um, and I was told on good authority that Stephanie brings people with her in her vortex. And I absolutely loved this quote, Stephanie. So, so tell me a little bit more. What is um, the vortex and what does that mean? What does it say about you? I love that quote. That is, that is very funny. And I, I suspect I know who said it, but thank you. Um, I love that quote. So what does it mean? I think it really means for me um, energy and passion and a clear sense of direction um, from what I want to do with Intertrust. Intertrust has been around 67 years. We've been a great company but now that I've joined, you know, the board and our stakeholders need me to take it to the next 67 years. And with our, with our team, with our other leaders, we have to engage and empower our team. We have to explain at multiple levels what that means, where we're going, and what do I do? So when, when, when that quote is Stephanie brings people with her, I'm able to, because I've done a lot of these roles these folks have done, I've, I've grown up, if you will, in the ranks, starting from a very junior person up to now the CEO title. I'm able to explain to multiple levels of our team the clear sense of what's happening. And I hold people accountable. I want their engagement. And I, I'm described not just by the vortex, but I think <laughs> by, but by fair but tough. So really for me, that means if you see it, if it's a question, engage and understand and, and have people really get into the details. So I think the person that's quoting is really all about the fact that I, I come with super high energy every day and 
I like this industry. I think we do a very good job and, and we're here to do a service to our clients. And that's what I think I've brought to InterTrust. Fantastic. And what, what do you think are the, the, the t- what do you, skills do you think are needed by financial services leaders in the future, Stephanie? So I think the, the skills that financial services leaders need, one, clearly is passion. It's energy and drive and decisiveness. I think it, and, and not to sound old, if you will, I think at my age or my experience level, I know the things I'm good at. So have passion for those things and surround yourself with people that compliment you. I'm, the things that I'm not good at, I'm probably never going to be that good at them. I won't be bad at them because I work on them. But at the same time, accentuate your positives. So really, really that passion. The second thing I really think, um, I really think loyalty. I think financial services leaders have to show loyalty to their team, to really invest in the people, to bring them along, to make sure that they are on board and understand the messaging. So passion and energy, so driving the vision, and then loyalty to the team that gets you there. I can't be successful on my own. I can't walk the walk on my own. I need the leaders around me and the team that I've got to support me. Our win is a team win. It's not a Stephanie win. Yes, I'm leading the ship, but at the same time, no one walks this mile by themselves. So I I try to keep that in context all the time. So what do you expect from your leaders, from your team members? What, What do you expect from them, Stephanie? I expect, well, I do expect the passion. I do expect the loyalty. I also expect honesty. There's a way to talk about things. There's putting the things out there. It should be, it should never be don't ask, don't tell. It should always be see something, say something. If you, it is quite obvious when you see things in hindsight in a business case when things went wrong. And you, you wonder as people live through that, they work through every day, how did, how did that not go astray? So you, we at InterTrust, we try to encourage open town halls, coffee, mm-hmm. coffee talks, smaller coffee meetings. So as we do change, we gather our leaders together. I just did a large acquisition in June. It was the videos acquisition. And that was in India, right? Isn't it? That is in India. That's 800 people in India with $400 billion worth of assets that they maintain and 85 key clients. That's massive for our firm. But what did I do? I gathered the InterTrust 120 leaders to tell them on the Sunday before we announced on the Monday that this was happening. It made them feel included. Mm -hmm. It allowed them to understand. It gave them the value proposition and it allowed the new team in India to come into the organization with a clarity of focus. Why are they here and why are they wanted? I think that's a really good example of what do I expect? I expect clarity of focus and communication. And you've already told me in your story that you're truly a global citizen. Have you seen any differences in the way in which one might need to lead people in India, vis-a-vis in New York, vis-a-vis in Europe? Do you see any differences, Stephanie? Absolutely. So the places I've lived, I I mentioned, I haven't lived in India, but I've, I've been to India since 1995. All of the cultures are different. I've also lived, I've lived in Tokyo. I've lived in Abu Dhabi. I've lived in Antwerp. I've lived twice in London. I've lived in Dublin. One, you have to be culturally inclusive. So you have to know what works. Two, you have to seek advice. So when I joined, I don't think this is a secret, but I have a Dutch coach. I have a Dutch coach in the Netherlands, not for language, but for landing my message. 
There's no point in me believing that I'm creating communication when my intentions are good, but my impact is incorrect. Mm -hmm. So it's not the intention of your information. It's your impact. So I have a Dutch coach to make sure my impact is what I want. Now as a leader, sometimes the message is tough, but sometimes the message isn't meant to be tough. It's meant to be forward looking. It's meant to give them a horizon, give them a future vision. But if you're not doing that in a culturally inclusive way, then you haven't done it at all. So it's not your intention, it's your impact. So I do see, I do see very much a difference. Look, Americans, just like my colleagues, are a very forthright. Um, some of the Europeans are, are much more, if you will, socially consensus in nature. So in other words, it's important to get consensus. In India, very much your title carries much more weight. So you have to think about when you say things depending on your title. In Asia, it would be the same thing. These are all things you should take into consideration. And I think I've done that. We've got a leadership team at InterTrust of um, 11 people plus myself. Out of those 11 people, two folks are, are native from India but live in other places. One individual happened to have lived, is Dutch and happened to have lived all around the world, including India and Luxembourg and Australia. One is, one is Irish, for example, also lived around the world. One is South African and Scottish and lived in Luxembourg, London, and now is an American citizen. So we look for diversity. We have over 90 different ethnic groups. We look for diversity, diversity in everywhere we can, specifically so that we make sure we are being inclusive in that vision. So talking about diversity, and I don't want to make this a gender issue at all, but but as a woman in financial services, have you ever found it as a disadvantage or an advantage, Stephanie? So honestly, I, I, I love the question, but the answer people don't believe, I haven't. I Look, I grew up in an age, so I, I graduated from college in the early 90s. I grew up in an age on a trading floor. And my description would be, Um, akin to a firefighter. If you can't get someone out of a burning building, it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, you're not suitable to be the firefighter. So the way I I played, if you will play ball, I was on that trading floor. I did the same job as the men did. I did the same job as other women and I expected to be treated equally. Have I found things harder? Sure. But I haven't found a glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. I haven't had, I've had people that have been very kind to me along the way, but most of those people have been men it just happens that men have been my bosses or more senior. I do seek out senior female leadership, if you will, because I want, I do want a, a diverse set of experiences. But at the same time, we try to create a culture of inclusion, but that's the best person for the job. And I hope I was picked, I know I was. I hope I, I hope and I, I was picked because I was the best candidate to run InterTrust. I had a deep experience in the industry and, and just because I, I was a woman wasn't, if you will, the thing. I know my experience is not of everyone's, which is why we just have to be very open-minded to make sure the playing field is level. Thank you. That was a great answer, Stephanie. Great answer. So I'm going to move on to technology now, if I may, um, because a little bird told me you get very, very excited about technology and that you believe that there is a prize to be had for the financial services organizations who can move from paper to technology. So, so my first question is, and I'm interested to hear your views, is, is which of these great leaders 
do you admire the most and why? And that is Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Okay, so I do love technology. Um, if you were here with me in the room, you would see me draw on a whiteboard. Most of my team cringes when I reach for the markers because I'm always drawing the target operating model and the schematic and I'm working with the developers to build something. I'm not a builder, but I have, I have a view on how things get built. Um, like I think Bill Gates is phenomenal, but I would have to pick Steve Jobs. I don't think anyone envisioned a phone replacing a camera, replacing your, your, your interaction with a bank, having facial recognition or thumbprint recognition that turns things on for you. So I have to go with Steve Jobs. Why? Because his concept was so revolutionary, if you will. It was, it was pushing the envelope even further. Now with Intertrust, I get really excited because I think we have so, so, much, so many places to, to go and so many opportunities. We come from a, a background where 67 years of our, our company was focused on legal and accounting. And I'm not knocking lawyers or accountants. I am an accountant and I've been dealing with lawyers my whole career. But there is a better way to do things. We have machine learning. We have robotics. We have a better way to do things. And what I want, this is a people business. And let's not lose sight. Intertrust is a people company powered by technology. But I want the people to do the smart stuff, not the mundane stuff. So I want technology to do the heavy lifting. I want technology to be there to, to, to put the right question, to pose the right set of circumstances to the person. And then you carry on with that decision tree. So I, I have a view of where we're going. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm, I'm not in the, I'm the realm of jo uh, Steve Jobs, but at the same time, we have, we still in many, many places, we still sign with wet ink. We have corporate seals and we have stacks of paper the size of the Eiffel Tower. That has got to change. And if I could help any part of our industry eliminate that paper, I'm in. Vote me yes. Me too. I'm in too. I'm in too. I'll join you, girl. I'll join you. So Stephanie, uh, just to sort of conclude, I'd, I'd love to know what really motivates you. What gets you out of bed? every single morning to do this? You know, that's a, that's a great question. I really think Intertrust, our senior leadership here, we can change the industry. I don't think we're moving it by an inch. I think we're trying to change it by miles. I think we can really add value to our clients. The best part of my day is when I problem solve, and that goes back to me drawing on the board, but usually it's client solutions and delivery. It's thinking about sexy new ways to do things. I know accounting is not sexy, but I like sexy. So I think combining the accounting with the technology and driving the industry, come on, I, 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 just, think, I just think it's a win. And that gets me out of bed. Seeing the opportunity at, at our company and the people that really deliver this, we have, you know, we're in 44 different offices, 30 different countries, the 90 ethnic groups and the leadership team. We, like we've got, we've got the skill. We can do this. And that's what gets me out of bed. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you've talked about making financial services sexy. That's what gets me out of bed too. So I have to ask this last question as you are a native New Yorker, obviously the term flex in the city comes a little bit tenuous linked to sex in the city. So as a native New Yorker, Stephanie, are you more of a Carrie, Sam, Miranda or Charlotte? 
Um, so should I, should I ask you which one you think I am first? But I, I know which one I am immediately. Go on then. I'm definitely Samantha. So Samantha <laughs> pushed all of the boundaries. Carrie waited for Mr. Big. I, I'm not gonna wait. I'm happily married for 25 years, but I'm not gonna wait. Miranda was cautious with her man named Steve. Charlotte was kind of uptight and traditional. Samantha went for it. She had, she had loves of her life. She loved her career. She was in the spotlight and she never got embarrassed or afraid. She ended up with broken eye heels and, and you know, and, and in the story she had, you know, a bad cancer scare and she always embraced life. So my, my vote out of all of this for lots of reasons, Sam owns it. So I really, if I had to pick the person that I would want to charge into the universe with, it would be Samantha. So it's Samantha. Fantastic. Stephanie, Stephanie Miller, CEO of Interdrust. That has been a fantastic interview. Thank you for joining us on Flex in the City. Rachel, that was brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.